Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Play by Moby. Moby. Moby, what a legend. Moby is a legend, and yet, when we started doing this podcast, it's not someone that I thought we would have featured However, it feels completely right that we should be featuring him. So, Moby, otherwise known as Richard Melville Hall, from America, was born in New York. Um, he has had a massive career behind him. He's still yes. going now. He sold 20 million records worldwide. He's a singer, a producer, an author, a songwriter. Um, he's tried his hand at every possible genre of music and everything in between that as well and has produced some and I don't use this word lightly well I do use this word lightly but in this instance I really mean it (laughs) produce some iconic music and the album we're talking about today Play it's one of those albums that I think Everybody has owned at some point, in some format, in some way, or everyone has enjoyed a track from. Well, I'm slowly raising my hand here because I never actually own this album, but as you just alluded to, I know many of the tracks on it very well. And just the influence that Moby's had on music and the collaborations, the soundtracks, and we're only going to scratch the surface today uh, on the podcast, but... He's been just everywhere doing everything. And this album is probably one of his uh, pinnacles of his career. Certainly. And as you said before, everyone knows something from this album. And it was just one, it, you know, it just felt like it was in the charts forever. It felt like it's in every single, you know, albums to hear before you die. But rightfully so, I think he completely hit the nail on the head. It's. You know, really does speak of the time it's released, doesn't it? It's, it's we should say actually four days ago, uh, this album turned twenty, and often we talk about how it can't be twenty years ago. It, it is hard to believe it's twenty years old. This album, I remember this was a big part of my university life, and listening to this and tracks and this sort of soundtrack that time. So I always have fond memories because it was about it was about when I was growing up, becoming yeah. an, an adult, and a man. The, Pardon? Becoming a man. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah. So I think with a little caveat to add at the start of this episode, there are 18 tracks on this album. <sighs> uh, eye-watering 18 tracks. Mouth-watering. And we love this podcast to be bite-sized enough for a commute to dip into. So there may be some tracks that we talk about a little bit more briskly than others. Um, but others that we'll delve, delve into in a bit more detail. But um, but we've, we've got a lot to get through today, so let's crack on. Let's crack on. So, side one, track one of Moby's play is Honey. So that was Honey. Yes, and you said we had to be quick, so that was Honey, that was good. Okay, track two now. 
Very clever. Just by doing that, you've taken up valuable time in this week's episode. Sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. So that was Honey, and that was we. It was a bit like Richard Exis, but we've got a couple of samples at play in this in this mm. track. So we've got uh, vocal samples from Sometimes by blues singer Bessie Jones, and we've also got a pan- piano riff, a, a a looping piano riff, which is from Woman to Woman by Joe Cocker. And I think what he's doing here is he's really setting his stall out for what this album is about, isn't he? He wanted to fuse together modern beats with those really soulful, bluesy numbers. And I think the style of the vocal of this track and some of the other tracks we're going to hear sort of couldn't be emulated. It's just such a natural, organic, soulful sound that to sample them was the only real way to to showcase them. It's brilliant. I love the more modern touches he's brought into it as well. But I, I love how relentless it is. And immediately I started doing it, the clapping when he yeah. played as well. It's, for me, so familiar to go back into it again. This was the time when this album came out when you were playing a CD. So no, you were gosh. kind of, more often than not, when you put the CD on, you were listening. This was the first, you were hearing this track every time you put it on. Yeah. And also just want to add that when the album first came out and actually... Until researching it for this podcast, I hadn't realised that he was sampling all these older, you know, pre-recorded soul, gospel, bluesy, uh, bluegrass uh, traditional tracks. I thought they were all new things going on. So um, I'm really listening to this with a new set of ears and I'm really enjoying it even more. Um, it was re-released with Khalees singing um, some additional vocals on. Really? Mm. And uh, another Richard X crossover. <laughs> yes. Track two? Yeah, let's crack on. So this is Find My Baby. I'll find my baby. John Newman here. <laughs> <laughs> way this song builds up it starts off with a sample from Jolie's Rock by Baby Blue Dan you familiar with Baby Blue? Well I think they're on a long list aren't they? Uh, or is she? <laughs> they? But no this kind of grows and grows and the guitar kicks in and the beat kicks in it's lovely isn't it? It really is and I think it's quite easy to put Moby in the box of a dance producer or something like that but the way the first half of this song the acoustic guitar is driving it alongside that that vocal sample. Um, it's far from traditional dance music. However, once it gets going, that second half, or certainly that last minute, the, the synths are oozing throughout that Ooh. track. The way you said that then, it's all very, very literal. Mm, well, I, I mean it quite, quite wholeheartedly. And I think what I like about this song is it's very much um, a track two, which I've mentioned on this podcast before, I'm a big fan of a second track where it almost is the affirmation of if track one is setting the stall out, then track two is the the confirmation, if you will, that this is the sound you're getting from this album and you're going to love it. Track number three now. This is Porcelain. Porcelain. <laughs> 
So that was Porcelain. So that's not only one of my favourite songs in this album, it's probably one of my favourite pieces of music, period. That's a, that's a huge insight for me into what is on that list of yours. But also, I love how you called it a piece of music as opposed to a song, because it does feel very much like something from a, a film score or a, a, a classical composition than just a song on an album. And without wanting to go too deep, um, that's what it is for me. It's more than a song. It's, it is a, a piece of music. And Moby wasn't the biggest fan of this when he first recorded it. Really? Um, but it has gone on to become one of his, one of his most iconic uh, tracks. Got to number five in the UK. Mm. And I just think it's the way it gets inside you and makes you feel. Yeah. And takes you away. And I think it's just... Lovely, and it's very melancholy. It's it's actually quite a sad song because maybe you wrote it about a former former lover, really, or or, some, or something like that. But you know, we 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 talk a lot about the frivolities of pop music. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about Steps, for mm. example, and I think this is this is the other end of the spectrum of pop music. And to be able to say that we enjoy something that Steps recorded one week and then to talk about something like this another week is just wonderful, isn't it? It is. And, um, oh, it's very serious. But I, yes. I enjoy it. And Sorry, it's very, yeah, it got yeah. very heavy there for a second. It's but. important because I guess that's us saying that it is, this podcast is primarily about pop music, but pop music can be that or it can be this. Um, and it's interesting you're saying about Steps because I mentioned last week about how I had a clear out of lots of old CDs and things that were in storage. And there was a Now album, and I can't remember, it was in the 40s, Now 40-something, and Moby appeared on there uh, alongside, I can't remember if Steps were on it, but things like Steps. And I remember thinking, wow, the Moby does really fit into that, but it also is a very different thing. But this song, I completely agree. It's so, it's ambient, it's so soundtrack-like. I seem to remember this track being used on so many different, I don't know if it's adverts or... Uh, t- moments in TV shows or something like that but I can't pinpoint one particular one I'd love us just to not move on but just seg into the next track whilst we're in this kind of vibe here and this is track number four uh, Why Does My Heart Feel So Bad Why Does My Heart Another very quite poignant track. It's just wonderful, isn't it? I think we talk a lot about melancholy pop music mm. on this podcast. And does it get any more so than that? Because there's a great dance beat going through that. But I feel that's really affected me listening to that. I feel a bit wiped out. Yeah, and I don't mind. And I really I, I appreciate that, mm. that experience. I mean, you look... Terrible. I'm absolutely you look, shattered. You look weathered almost, like a gargoyle. Um, and I do have an interesting fact of the vocalist on this album. Great. The vocalist is um, the lady 
Mm-hmm. Actually called Diane. She was the vocalist on the Urban Cookie Collective, if you remember the key the secret. No way. Yeah. That wow, that is a great fact. You mentioned the beat of this track before. For me it's very reminiscent of something like Massive Attack. It's got a bit of a trip hop feel to it. This is better than Massive Attack. Wow. And I like Massive Attack. Mm. And this was a single, wasn't it? And this had the his iconic uh, little idiot character, his car- the cartoon character. Yes, on the on the on the single artwork, which we don't normally talk about, but no, he's a recurring. He's a little. He's a little scamp, um, and he's um, he's on the front cover of this as well. Uh, and the sing and the video, but also this this was a single, and there was a hell of a lot of singles from this album, wasn't there? Well, when you've got an, when you produce an album that has eighteen tracks on, you're going to release a lot of singles. Yeah, and you know, extremely single worthy. This was, um, I mean, it didn't set the charts on fire in the UK. Number sixteen, still not bad. Um, I feel it was worthy of a lot higher. You know, it still sold two hundred thousand units in the UK. So, I mean, that's not, must be sniffed at the physical sales. Certainly not. And also, just a little bit of background on this song. This was released on the album in 99, released as a single in 98, but actually began life in 1992 as a more of a techno composition. Thank God he kind of put it to the side and brought it back like this. Track number five now. This is Southside. Track five, Southside, and uh, Mr. Moby himself and vocals, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, interestingly enough, originally recorded with Gwen Stefani um, on vocals. Due to some issues in production, she didn't end up featuring on the album version, but she did appear later back, and this was released as the seventh single. Goodness me. Um, do you remember that Gwen Stefani version? Because I honestly I don't. I can't remember it. And We've only studied the album itself for our pre-work this week, as agreed on the conference call. Hmm. And I, this is almost anthemic, this track. Yes, I love how it begins life as sort of, I'd say what you might expect to be the kind of the quintessential Moby, singing Moby production. But as that chorus comes in, and I'm, I'm going to impress you now, I think, Will, the, the chord progression particularly with the synthesizers as it gets into the chorus, uh, I feel really builds it up. And we often talk about how we love to hear music live. We love to hear it at a festival. We love even more to hear it at Glastonbury. This is a song that I can imagine that chorus coming in and, and really raising my arms to the roof for this one. Oh, it's an uplifting chorus. Interesting, the track itself, not so uplifting because it, it talks about uh, violence and desensitivity in youths to violence. Mm. Um, but also embracing uh, the, the dance music scene as mm. well. I, I just, I just think it's brilliant. Each one of the first five tracks of the album is so different, so affecting and impressive in different ways, and we're only just getting started. Yes. Track number six now, and this is rushing.
So, Rushing There, I think that's the first song that wasn't a single, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, absolutely, and it's a little bit, for me, a little bit of a lull. I mean, it's a lovely uh, piece of sa- piece of music, piece of sound there, but I don't feel as affected and as uplifted. Yes, I would agree. It feels very, it does feel very soundtrack-like, um, almost feels like the sort of, the second cousin of Porcelain or something like that. It's very atmospheric, but... You know, there's a reason why it wasn't chosen as a single. Let's move on then. Let's do it. And this is going to be a good one. Track number seven, Body Body Rock there. Oh, we're back in business. Third single to be released from the Play album. Love the energy in this one. Yeah, this feels like the most energetic, from memory perhaps we'll hit something later, but the most energetic, upbeat, danceable uh, single certainly from this album. Um, Um, Sample in here as well from, which was from the song Love Rap, which was by uh, hip hop artist Spoonie G and the Treacherous Three. And there is a real hip-hop feel to this one. There is a, a real hip-hop feel, but it doesn't feel like Moby doing hip-hop. It feels like it's still very much his experimental, sample-heavy sound, but with a very heavy uh, hip-hop influence, I think. And uh, Moby's management didn't like this song. They mm-hmm. thought it was a bit too a bit too cheesy, a bit too much like Fatboy Slim, who was around at the time. It is very Fatboy Slim, And they it? didn't want it to be on the album. And he but Moby it. really wanted it to be good. Well, and good for him. And so, it, and so it was. Um, interestingly, I mean, this is again another kind of anthemic Moby track that a lot of people would know, yeah, and recognise. But it only got to number thirty-eight in the UK singles chart. Well, this is one that I did know, but I think I maybe forgot it was Moby. It's it's not for me as obvious as um, Porcelain or some of the tracks coming up. But it's a great song. The chorus really does elevate the song, doesn't it? And there's something about the chorus that reminds me of Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Really? Yeah, I think it's the I think the chord structure or something. Chord structure, did you hear that? Yeah. Goodness chord me. Chord progression, chord structure. It's all about the chords. Time to move on. Track number eight now. Natural blues. <laughs> Isn't it just? Really, really. For me, when you talk about Moby, that's the song I think about. So, a sample in there? Another one. 
Vocals by Vera Hall, folk singer, American folk singer, uh, and the song Trouble So Hard. Uh, and it's weird because I do, if you ask me to categorise this song, I would say it's, it's dance music, but I can't imagine dancing to this song. I, I, I really appreciate this song. I would love to hear it live. I, you know, I'd be standing for sure rather than seated, but um, where do you place this song? I think for me, it's, it, it is dance music, but... Just even now, 20 years later, I'm just sort of sat here t- absorbing it and t- letting it take over me. Yeah, absorbing um, is a great word for it. Mm, even sat here in the office in the Track by Track Towers, it's, I could be anywhere. I'm yeah. just letting this music inside. Yeah, and Natural Blues is such a such a great title for it because it is the, the song... The sample is is certainly the blues. Also, would like to um, highlight that Eye Monster are credited with mixing duties on this track. Um, are you aware of Eye Monster? Yeah, Daydream. Daydream, fantastic. I guess in this in a similar field to Moby mm. of taking a, an old track and sampling it. Also, did production work on Human League's Credo album. Gosh, it always comes back to the Human League for you, doesn't it? <laughs> Either that or Duran Duran. Well, one of the two, yes. Right, okay, track number nine at the midpoint now, and this is Machete. Machete, uh, a lot harder there. Oh, very much so. I feel like I've been shaken by the shoulders. We could have been in a club in Berlin. Mm, what kind of club? Uh, a, a music club for, for gentlemen. Oh, okay. So I think I like the harder edge there to it. Yeah. Quite relentless. Yeah, definitely relentless. It does feel like, obviously he began life as more of a techno artist and it does feel very much like his back to his beginnings. But then it changes, doesn't it? Kind of midway through, it does become more in line with the rest of this album. Um, I see no reason to dwell on that, though, though. So let's move on. Let's move on. The next track is track 10, which is 7. It's 58 seconds long. Um, uh, we're going to skip straight over that one. Yes. So track 11 now, this is Run On. Run On uh, from Moby and uh, the sample there was uh, vocally uh, from Run On For A Long Time by Bill Lanford and the Lanforders. Uh, I love the piano in that one. I do as well. I have to confess. Yeah. Or the organic keyboard, if you will. (laughs) It does feel very much like, you know, the tracks that have come before this machete and then the the mid-track seven feels like it was kind of deviating away a little bit, but this feels very much like what Moby play is all about. That's great sample, the the beats. And I think this is very much in the same vein as Honey, actually. 
Uh, and that's no bad thing. No, it's a lovely piece of music. And yes. I just love the, the change in pace. You kind of had Machete, which was very hard. Mm. And you had that one minute interlude, which was you know, nothing to write home about. And then this is something different again. Absolutely. So next, so track number 12 is a minute and a half uh, down slow. You could almost call it another interlude. An interlude, yeah, which we're not going to dwell on. And we still want to keep some space for further listening. Uh, Moby's back catalogue, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, is vast. Mm. So this is track 13 then. Unlucky. This is If Things Were Perfect. Broken darkness, my cold end. I've never seen Nothing moves but the quiet on the street So if things were perfect there Will, was that thing perfect for you? It wasn't perfect but it was far from abysmal wasn't it? I do love that um, the vocal in it the bit of attitude to the vocal and it almost feels like it's going somewhere but doesn't quite Doesn't quite, no uh, for me, it's the bass that's really driving that one. It feels like it's more, much more prominent than it has been throughout this album. And, you know, we're talking about further listening, which we'll get to later. Um, there is actually a release of further listening um, called Play the B-Sides, uh, mm. which is a compilation from, from Moby, which was um, uh, songs and outtakes from the album, which were released as B-Sides across the albums, also pulled together which is really nice to hear good so, uh, we love a b-side don't we and i would definitely say although i'm not familiar with it i'll, have, I'll definitely be having a listening i can see you adding it and uh, sort of saving it to your your favorite streaming I'm service i'm adding right now. it i'm pre-saving it i'm downloading it yes. i'm syncing it everything to get it into the charts which if if five hundred thousand of us do it might get top 100 by the end of the week uh, so track number 14 now this is ever loving Very, the most acoustic moment we've had so far. It's a fantastic time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. Um, And you've basically got Moby's jumping up in the air. He's in a white unbuttoned shirt. It's definitely Moby. I can recognise that that head anywhere. That's not the forehead. That's the whole five, six, seven and eight head showing there. (laughs) He's having his photo taken, that's for sure. And he's got... uh, a uh, big pair of trainers on as well there. Mm. He's clearly uh, either having a good time or stamping on something aggressively. I'm yes. not sure which is which one is true. An angry parade of ants, perhaps, on the floor. And embarrassingly, they've actually kept in the hand holding the light reader. Which I'm sure... Oh, no, it's all in the style. It's all in the fashion, isn't it? Oh. I'm sure it's part of it. Right. And I like in the bottom right corner there, you've got the play, the play button. 
you've got the wordplay and the literal icon. Uh, so track number 15, this is Inside. Inside there, Will? I think it's a really nice chill out moment. I love the dreamy piano with that beat pumping. Yes. Pounding through it. It begins with that almost swell of sounds. What do you think of that? Swell of sounds. So you're really experimenting with some of your vocab. Mm. Is it after being impressed with my French over the previous weeks? Um, not really, no. You've raised your game. Well, yeah, but I've just been experimenting with my English. Your, your mother tongue. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like the overall sound is in keeping with the album, but it's obviously very different to those vocal-heavy singles. This this whole second half of the album doesn't have those samples, does it? It's all about Moby's own production. And I wonder if this is to sort of appease the long-term fans who want that sound that's more or familiar. Amb- ambient house. Yes, exactly, mm. yeah. Um, perhaps to... Take a t- take a chill pill or two and just close their eyes and relax and enjoy it. I don't know what you're insinuating there, but... Just a, a Radox or something like that. Uh, and a night hole. A night hole, yeah. Just, just slip quietly under. Oh. Not not completely in, into the bath. Or don't, death. Don't drown. No. Please don't drown. If you are listening, listeners... Sit up. <laughs> <laughs> So next one then, please. We're going to skip uh, the uh, track number 16, Guitar, Flute and String, which is another... It continues the ambient vibe, actually, for two minutes. Mm. Um, but it's very much an interlude, isn't it? It's not a song that we could really... For, for us, anyway, Yeah, actually, you know. And, you know, we don't skip songs lightly. When you've got 18 tracks, we want to get to some of the killer. And, you know, the next one is the penultimate song. This is track 17, The Sky's Broken. See the storm is broken in the middle of the night. Nothing left here for me. It's washed away. The rain pushes the buildings aside. The sky turns black. The sky washes far. So that was The Sky is Broken and not one of my favourite tracks on the album but I would like to use this but it's still lovely actually to listen to lovely piece of music yes but I do want to mention how well this album was received it was a a number one album in the UK and it was almost critically uh, acclaimed yeah with with a few exceptions but it's really stood the test of time so it's um, in the book A Thousand and One Albums You Must Hear Before You Die uh, Rolling Stone um, in the 2012 list it's in the 2012 list of uh, 500 greatest albums of all time mm. which we have referenced in previous weeks as well yes we have yeah. which was number 341 but I think just to be in that 500 selection of all time albums is some good work definitely and, and another accolade which uh you know, I'm sure Moby is very pleased about Adele when talking about her last album, 
25, said uh, that this was an influence on that and that she finds it very holy, even though it's not really preachy, but it makes her feel alive. And she remembers her mum playing it. Oh, that's nice. That makes me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) So we're on to the last track of the album proper. This is track 18, My Weakness. out you know I'm, I'm I'm struggling with myself on this one because it has petered out but it was still a really lovely soundscape and I think the conclusion that I've come to in this album is that I think I would rather have had a sort of concise album that featured natural blues and honey and porcelain and then separately just had a collection of works like these last few songs we've had because for me, it just quite naturally feels like it, it's not as uplifting, it's not as upbeat as how this album started out. But do you know what? Whilst we were listening to that track, not I was distracted, but I just checked, glanced at my phone and I saw an Instagram story. Someone's on holiday in Greece at the moment. The sun was setting over a clear sky. Oh. And actually that really paired yeah. very nicely. And it probably would pair with lots of different things. It, it's the kind of sort of music that you can give its own interpretation to, isn't it? Because my first thought when that came on was that it could soundtrack. Have you seen the film Ghost Story? Or was it A Ghost Story? No. Uh, very recent, last year or the year before, um, the ghost actually wore like a sheet over it. Like, Oh, that's very stereotypical. Well, it was actually very art house, I think you'd call it. Um, a fantastic piece of cinema. I felt that this song could... Hang on, hang on. This isn't Torn Stubbs you oh, just wanted him to... <laughs> Silly me. Um, Wrong office. Yes. Say next door. <laughs> but I have to say, these last few songs, particularly for uh, an uplifting podcast like Track by Track, it's been a little bit more of a struggle to just naturally talk about them. It's such an outstanding start, the first half of this album. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal. Iconic. We've said all of the superlatives possible uh, and almost moving me on some of those tracks. But for these final couple of tracks, absolutely not so much. But do you know what? There is no need for this podcast to peter out because we have got our further listening section. Yes, further listening. And I think let's just go for it. Whatever you want from Moby, post play. Post play. So in total, there are 16 Moby albums. uh, And post play, there are 11. Dan... I'd love for you to... Actually, I'd love for you to go first. Okay. Yes. Surprising. Uh, So my choice is... um, I didn't actually, as I mentioned before, I didn't have the Play album on CD and downloads weren't invented at the time. But I did have Go, the very best of Moby, uh, which I received for Christmas in 2006. And as well as getting all of the older... Moby tracks on there. There was a new song that I really couldn't wait to hear, uh, which was this. So this is New York, New York featuring Debbie Harry. Of course. (laughs) 
I love this. Yeah. Fantastic choice. Oh, thank you very much. And trust you to find uh, a Moby song featuring Derry... Deb, Deb, <laughs> trust Derry you, Abbey. De, trust you to find the Moby song featuring Debbie Harry. It's just brilliant. It really makes me feel like I'm dancing in a New York disco in the late 1980s. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's the best of Moby's techno days... Uh, obviously, he's from New York himself, so Debbie Harry, and you know the the, the Studio Fifty Four sound, but for a more modern time, uh, it's a fantastic song. And I have to be completely honest with you, Will. Ahead of this recording, I haven't listened to this song for I would honestly think over ten years, and I don't know why because I absolutely love it. Brilliant choice. Thank you. Over to you, Will. What's your further listening? So I'm going to go for a track from the album from two thousand eight, Last Night. Uh, and this is I'm in love. I'm in love and just the hairs on the back of my neck have stood up after this and that it's just enchanting it really is yeah what I love that about that further listening choice is that that wasn't a single either was it no it's from the album last night and it's my second favourite movie album inspired by the New York scene clubs and uh, apparently maybe wanted to condense that feel and experience into a hour or so long album and I love how mysterious how uplifting how atmospheric you can almost, you can almost bite into that song like an apple because the atmosphere is so thick on it the big apple the, well, very good well, yeah well done you gave it to me um but that's one of my favorite songs there's another song disco lies on that album which i absolutely love and there's a brilliant freemasons remix of that track as well uh but this was great so it really makes me want to listen to this last night album uh, we've barely touched the sides maybe we haven't talked about the soundtracks that he's done for the likes of bond the born identity oh, bond or the fantastic. born whatever the born film it was he's done we haven't talked about a lot of his early work like go mm. incredible every time you touch me fantastic a lot more um ravey kind of music there's so much more we could talk about but we have to try and get this into 40 40 minutes or so we haven't even talked about his feud with Eminem. Really? Yeah. Do you remember Eminem's lyric? Moby, you can get stomped by OB. Uh, what was it? You dirty six-year-old boy with no, no clothes? Or I can't remember how it goes. Oh, that's, just draw a veil over that. Actually. Yeah, I mean, big Moby fans here, so... <clears throat> so Eminem can be quite a, quite a potty mouth. Yes, absolutely. So we're out of time. We are. But hopefully we've given you a great taster of how brilliant Moby is and uh, and inspired you to go and listen to more don't just go and listen to play listen to loads of his stuff because 
Um, although every album might not be as strong consistently as play, there's some absolute brilliant, uh, not just pop songs, but pieces of music. Mm. Feels like we've matured a little in this episode. I'm just wondering if we're going to do next week. <laughs> Dan, yes, what's coming up next week? Can you give us a hint of a tease? I certainly can. So next week we are talking about um, a British pop star who began life uh, as one half of a male-female duo and then for the second album was a female-led uh, pop star. There was five years between the first and second album and there's been five years since the second album. Who is it? (laughs) (laughs) So to say any more would be to give it away. Um, But please do let us know what you thought of this episode at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. Um, And do please uh, rate us and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to get more people enjoying what we talk about. Absolutely. Um, So if you enjoy it, please do that. And if you're a fan of a podcast, then please don't forget that Trash also has Torn Stubbs, as previously mentioned, the movie, the Trash Movie Podcast. Uh, Look for that on Trash as well. Uh, Until next time, I have been Spoonie G and the Treacherous Three. And I've been Bessie Jones. Goodbye. Goodbye.